Hi, everybody. So we are so excited. We are here to talk Oscar nominations. And they, uh, they just this week uh, on Tuesday, they uh, announced the latest uh, group of Oscar nominations. And my friend Conrado and I are here to talk about it and see if we agree, disagree with the various nominations. And uh, so Conrado, do you want to say hi? Look out, because here I come, and I'm <laughs> yeah. marching on to the beat I drum. I'm not scared to be seen. I make no apologies. This is me. <laughs> very poetic, very moving. All right. Thank you. <laughs> so we have, let's, we're going to start, we're going to talk about each of the Best Picture nominees uh, in a little more detail, and then we'll just go through the other categories more quickly. So uh, I've, I've seen eight out of nine of the Best Picture nominees. I've not seen The Shape of Water yet. Mm -hmm. um, and you've seen all of them, correct? I have. Okay. So this will be fun. <clears throat> Although some of them, I wish I hadn't. <laughs> no, just kidding. I agree. All right. uh, so, okay. So uh, the first one we'll talk about is Call Me By Your Name. And uh, what was your sort of reaction to this movie? Um, Call Me By Your Name is a movie that I want to say of, of the top that I would like to see again. Um, and it's just the, the, the thing is that it's here in New York, it's playing in a couple of theaters that are not very convenient mm. for me to get to. So that's why I haven't seen it again. But I saw it the first time at the New York Film Festival, um, which was in a way a great way to watch the movie because it was in this huge screen with great quality projection. The director was there, Army Hammer and Timothée Chalamet. Oh, cool. I should say Oscar nominee Timothée Chalamet was there. <laughs> also there, uh, the love of my life, Dakota Johnson, whom I walked in the hallway. Oh, nice. Um, so that was nice. And it, was, and it looked beautiful, but it was a 9.30 p.m. screening. And it's a pretty long movie. I think it's over two hours. And so I was a little tired. It was after a full day of work. So I... Feel like i got a little impatient with it and i didn't fully connect with the romance because of that so that's why i would like to see it again okay yeah so uh i for me call me by your name i i have it at number 18 on my uh, ranking so pretty high uh, for the year I, I think it's a beautiful movie i think it has a great heart to it i think uh it you can tell that james ivory uh, is involved in this it has his kind of reminded me a lot of room with a view which is a favorite movie of mine i love it mm -hmm. and um the just that sense of like uh european uh grandeur Seven. kind of yeah that 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 feeling and i i i thought it was a really good film i the way it uses music is this great um and the you know the ending uh, i think is is it uh is moving um i my only flaws with the movie i gave it four out of five stars on my on letterbox my only flaw mm -hmm. with the movie is that i did find it a little hard to relate to you know these people spending the whole summer in in uh, italy like kind of lounging about and whatever like it was a little hard for me <laughs> to relate to that and yeah. also I, it's I hard felt, not to feel jealous yes very jealous <laughs> yeah yeah so it was it's a good movie like i said i have it in my top 20 so i do like it yeah um, um oh. yeah me too it's not in my top 10 but it's close and i'm a big fan of uh the director luca guadagnino if someone oh. um i think his previous movies i am love and the bigger splash are also really great Ooh, I, I need to see i've really wanted to see i am love especially so okay yes. so next up we have mm -hmm. the darkest hour and for me, this movie had one of the best makeup jobs I've seen in a long time. That was very impressive on Gary Oldman. And I thought that it was fine, but it was kind of boring for me, if I'm honest. It was sort of slow. And I think that uh, it was a little bit, it hurt it a little bit that I thought, I think that John Lithgow in The Crown was a much more interesting Churchill to me and much more like nuanced and I don't know, just liked it better. And uh, so I don't know, it wasn't that high on uh, the darkest hour. I have it at, I don't hate it, 
but I have the darkest hour at uh, 68 in my ranking for the year. I gave it uh, three stars out of five. Sorry, um, I fell asleep because you were talking about Darkest <laughs> Hour, the most boring movie that ever existed. Um, just out of curiosity, how many movies did you watch overall so we can get a sense of where they rank? Yeah, 142. Oh, wow. That's a lot of movies. It was a lot. <laughs> yeah, so Darkest Hour is 60... 68. 68. So that's, yeah. you know, mediocre, which I think is appropriate. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Uh, I love the director, Joe Wright. I've loved his previous movies. I love Pride and Prejudice. Mm. I love Anna Karenina. Um, mm. Hannah with Saoirse Ronan is a really cool action movie. Um, I just don't know about this, this topic. Winston Churchill is not a guy that I'm particularly interested in. And... Mm -hmm. I actually would be interested in seeing a movie about Churchill that is not about him being heroic and the great prime minister, but rather about the stuff that he did that is a little bit more, uh, let's say, problematic or dark, mm -hmm. like his treatment of the colonies and things like that, right? Um, mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of uh, lionizing of him and not enough questioning. Fair um, enough. Yeah. This yeah. is a good looking movie though. I think the cinematography, which it got a nomination for by Bruno Del Bonel is really great. There's a scene in, uh, I think it's in Churchill's bedroom or in a room in his house that has a very particular lighting when the, when the king comes visit him and it looks very pale and weird. I thought that was, I thought it was a good looking movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was good looking. And Dunkirk. Mm -hmm. so, uh, Dunkirk, I thought was, to me, it reminded me of back where I grew up, they have these civil war reenactments where you just like go and you participate in the in reenacting a battle. So mm -hmm. there's not like a plot. It's just like this battle. And this, this, I felt like this was kind of a reenactment in a movie and it was really cool to me. Uh, it, it's not the kind of movie that I would want to get on DVD or Blu-ray, but it was such a cool experience at the theater. I thought it's so immersive. And uh, so I, I really liked Dunkirk. Uh, I have um, I have it at number 12. So I have it pretty high. I really liked it. I thought it was cool. So my mom saw Dunkirk, I think a couple of days ago. And I, and I went to her house yesterday and she says um, I saw this movie, one of the nominees, and I don't think I get it. I don't think I know what the movie's about. So I asked her, okay, what did you get out of it like what do you think it's about and she described Dunkirk perfectly like it's well it's a reenactment of this battle and they were trapped and then they have to wait until they are rescued and whatever and by the end I was like you got it completely and then she was like but what's the point and I was like there's no point that's the point what you just said um I think a lot of people are struggling with that part of yeah. Dunkirk yeah and I think I've seen it only once in the theater and I think that as an experience in the theater, it was worth it. Um, it's not a movie that has stayed with me a lot mm -hmm. and, and doesn't seem, it seems less impressive to me than, than you know, the further I get from actually having seen it. Um, so I'm kind of in the middle on Dunkirk, mm -hmm. I guess what I'm trying to say. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I can understand that reaction uh, and yeah I, I can understand that so okay so next we have get out and this little movie this is like the little movie that could you know that just kept chugging along and i the first time i saw it i was like well because i always like to see when i think about a movie i said did it do what it was trying to do did it, did mm -hmm. it achieve what it was because i'm obviously not going to compare some movie that's designed for toddlers to like <laughs> you know some horror movie or whatever it's like do you does it do what it's and so first i was like well it wasn't scary and so did it so i gave it a b plus originally and then i just kept thinking about it it was just like in my the back of my head like oh that auction scene that you know and I, or or mm -hmm. the what was the sunken place about and just mm -hmm. kept thinking about it and so for me I, I i raised it up to 
uh, I kept raising it up and I really love it. It's actually my top. It's the only one of these nominees that I really love. Um, and I have it at number nine of my ranking for the yeah. year. Um, I also love Get Out. Um, I'm actually there. I'm happy comparing this lineup of nominees to last year because last year I didn't really have any movie that I truly loved in major contention at the mm -hmm. Oscars. And this year I have at least four that I oh, wow. feel very passionate about. So I'm really happy about that. And Get Out is definitely one of them. We had an exchange on Twitter in which um, you said that you felt like the Oscar nominees were all movies that were not going to be, might not be remembered in 10 years from now. Uh-huh. Um, and I have a couple, I disagree with that statement, but you know that already. <laughs> and I think there are a couple of Best Picture nominees that are going to be remembered. And I think one of them is definitely Get Out. I feel like it was just the, like, movie of the year. Like, maybe not the most, uh, the one that made most money, although it's perhaps the most successful considering how little it cost to make and how much money it got. Um But definitely in terms of the one that got people talking for the whole year, I feel like I have heard people talk about Get Out every single month of the year since it yeah. came out. Um, and it's just a movie that everyone had to see and everyone wanted to see and everyone was excited about one way or the other. And I think it will be remembered as a sort of a, because it serves as such a great time capsule for this year, mm -hmm. um, just in so many ways. Yeah. Um, in America. So I think that's one that's yeah. going to live for a long time. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I loved last, I have to say, I loved last year because I loved Lion and I loved uh, Moonlight and Hidden Figures and Hell or High Water. I loved. Mm -hmm. uh, so for me, last year was a really great mm -hmm. year of nominees. So yeah, yeah we'll just have yeah. there. Although, but, yeah. Although loving, I mean, loving the movie doesn't really. I mean, um, doesn't really guarantee that it's going to be remembered in 10 yeah. years. Because I think movies from last year, like Moonlight, will definitely be remembered. But, you know, um, I think there are some memorable ones in this lineup as well. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good point. Okay, so let's talk about Lady Bird. And so, I like, coming-of-age movies are typically not my favorite. And I find that a lot of times the characters, like, I was a a grumpy teenager like everybody else but i wasn't mean and i feel like a lot of these like edge of 17 and uh and sometimes in lady bird like the characters are just like cruel they're cruel to each other and their family and and uh that that's kind of hard for me sometimes but lady bird i really did enjoy i thought that particularly the first half was great i really loved her relationship with the lucas edges character i love him as an actor i think uh, as as the boyfriend I think he's a really strong young talent. I really like him. And I love Cersei Ronan. I, I, I loved her in Brooklyn so much. And so, and I thought Laurie Metcalf was great as the mother. I almost wish sometimes that the movie had been about her because I thought she was so interesting. And so I, I really enjoyed it uh, and thought it was good. Um, despite my feelings of coming of age movies sometimes. And I have Lady Bird at 30 in my ranking. All right. Um, that's not bad for 140. Um, Lady Bird is one of my favorite movies of the year. I absolutely love it. I've seen it twice and I want to see it a third time. I agree with everything you said about Saoirse Ronan and Laurie Metcalf. They're both, am both amazing. And I think it's just such a, a well-written movie and such a generous movie that's interested in so many characters and their points of view i i do like uh coming of age movies as a genre i feel like coming of age movies about teenage girls uh resonate with me a lot i and like you i feel like i was a pretty mean teenager at least with like my family so that part of the story also resonates with me a lot and i see a lot of it um, and that, that I, I don't know, I feel like I, even though Lady Bird is such a um, hard character in so many ways, I do identify a lot with her and just as, I don't know, I feel like teenagers are dumb and teenagers are mean. 
sometimes and uh, that feeling of sort of feeling like you're better than everyone else but also worse than everyone else at the same time i don't know mm -hmm. um it all spoke to me i yeah. love the movie cool yeah it's a good film um okay so next we have phantom thread and it's paul thomas anderson this is a beautiful movie with great performances for sure uh, and the music is great uh, costumes are amazing and overall i liked it i just didn't love it i i didn't really like either of the characters i did i wasn't emotionally engaged by it uh i i don't know i just didn't love it and so for me i have it at 66 in my ranking because it was so well made and it was so well acted um, so this is actually the other movie that I think, if not for Get Out, might be the one that people remember and still mm. talk about 10 years from now. Interesting. Because I saw it the first time and I didn't know what to expect. And I feel like the movie is so strange and unique in so many ways and in the, and in the way it unfolds that while I was watching it, I was wondering where this is going, what's the point of this movie, um, I'm not sure about this even though I was enjoying the performances and like you said, the costumes and the music and everything. And by the end, I feel like it clicks together and it is then that I understood what kind of the point of the movie was. And I liked it and whatever. Mm -hmm. I saw it again a couple of days ago and watching it from the start, knowing where it goes at the end, it became, it like opened itself up to me and it became such a fascinating movie. And I feel like these three characters played by Daniel Day-Lewis, Vicky Creeps, and Leslie Manville are so interesting and they're so frustrating and unlikable in so many ways, but they're also like just the way they behave and the things that they do seem so human and contradictory, but in a very uh, truthful way. I don't know. I feel like it's a very, very interesting movie. Yeah. Um, I described it as a, like the art house version of Fifty Shades of Grey because I feel like it has taken that sort of plot about a like sort of sort of toxic relationship in which the two people have to negotiate to meet each other's standards, mm -hmm. but in a very glossy, very prestige kind of way. And I enjoyed mm -hmm. it a lot. Interesting. Okay. It's also very funny, I thought. I think Daniel Day-Lewis is just such a fussy character and the things he says about the tea and the interruption and the toast is just like, how can this man exist? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I did like, I did like to, I laughed a, a little bit and uh, yeah, I liked it. I just didn't love it, but yeah. Uh, but yeah. I guess all I'm saying is if, if you're on the fence about it, anyone who's listening and also you, Rachel, okay. um, I think a second viewing... I can't guarantee that you're going to love it, but I think it might be interesting to see it a second time and see what you get out of it. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, so, okay. Uh, next we have The Post. And uh, this is interesting because I have to say going into it, I was like, oh no, this is going to be just sort of a, an overly messagey movie. You know, it's going to be very heavy handed about, you know, all the things going on right now. And, uh, you know, I, I, that just didn't sound very appealing to me and uh so i went in with kind of low expectations despite it having streep and hanks and spielberg um but i was thoroughly impressed i was very surprised um i thought it was it to me it didn't have the uh, quite the emotional heft of spotlight which is a movie i really loved um but i i thought it was actually pretty tight as far as the editing and engaging and i was engrossed and obviously the performances were good but not just streep and uh and hanks but um, bob odenkirk and uh, a whole bunch of other people i can't think off the top yeah. of my head tracy letts is really good yeah a lot um, of good supporting yeah. roles and it was just an engaging story and it did have that some messaging but it wasn't as heavy-handed as i thought it would be hmm interesting yeah. I do think it's pretty heavy-handed, but I love it for it. I <laughs> love the post. And I'm a huge Steven Spielberg fan. I am really loving his sort of recent movies about sort of politics and government and that sort of thing. And I think uh, the post fits perfectly in that. I think it's a... I just love it so much. I think it's so f much fun. It's like... Um, 
an old-fashioned movie, which is seems to be what he's doing, but in a way that because of the movies that we get nowadays feels fresh and like unlike everything else. Um, and I agree with you that the performances are great. I think Meryl Streep is doing amazing work. And I'm one of those people who feel like she hasn't been at the top of her game lately. Um, but I think this is her best work in a long time. I think she's really great. Everyone else in the cast is great. It's such a fun movie. Um, yeah. The filmmaking especially feels, it also feels like Spielberg sort of, cause he made the movie so quick after um, he read the script earlier this year. And by the end of the year, the movie was out that he kind of felt a little liberated because I feel like it's very energetic more so than the, his later movies have been. Yeah. Um, I, I've not been a fan of his most recent movies. I, I, I didn't hate them, but I, I didn't really like, I, I, for me, Bridge of Spies was, super overrated i thought it was very boring i did not care for it and i didn't like the bfg very much and uh, so that's also yeah. going it's sort of my expectations were kind of muted um and i uh, so yeah i i i agree with you it was it was very enter it was it didn't forget when i say it, it's not an overly message movie it it, it didn't forget to be entertaining Mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. it was still fun and it was still clipped along nicely and it had fun moments and it just it wasn't uh it didn't have me it didn't have me rolling my eyes at any point i guess yeah yeah absolutely i agree with that so i have it at 17 on my ranking so pretty high okay um okay so next is the shape of water this is the one i haven't seen so you have to tell our viewers or listen. Yeah, The Shape of Water, um, I guess since I'm the only one repping this movie right now, I do want to say that most people that I know and seen it really liked it or love it. Like all of my roommates love the movie Mm -hmm. and almost all of my friends that have seen it also love it. I'm a little bit on the fence about it. Um, I think Sally Hawkins, who plays the lead character, who's this mute woman who falls in love with sort of like a fish man, I think she's great in the movie. I think her performance is definitely my favorite part and she very deservedly got nominated. Um, I think the script and the direction uh, are a little sloppy, let's say. The script is very um, sort of stereotypical in a lot of ways, um, which sounds weird, this being sort of like a movie in which a woman and a monster fall in love, but... um, (laughs) It kind of has a lot of cliched characters, like the bad guy is super evil and the you have like the black sassy friend and then you have the gay friend who is like in the closet and sort of sad about it. And then you have the direction by Guillermo del Toro, which uh, the movie looks very pretty, but I feel with him and most of his movies that I don't fully get his style of directing just in the way he places the camera the way he blocks the Mm. scenes it all always seems a little like a little sloppy to me like I can see the the seams and the strings in the movies that he that he makes and and that always takes me out a little bit fair enough I can understand that okay so the final film is three billboards outside Ebbing Missouri and this is probably where it will be a little bit untypical uh, as far as um, Oscar previews or whatever go, because I know you aren't super high on it, and I'm definitely not high on it. And I don't know. Uh, I just, to me, I felt like I would read a lot of the reviews about this movie, and people talk about there being a sense of catharsis about it. And mm-hmm. I feel like this the reason why this movie did so well is that it taps into this sense of like, the sense of rage and anger that a lot of people have. And I'm not saying that's not justified, but uh, there's a lot in this movie that to me was, I talked to my, my review about it being sort of voyeuristic of people like huh. living the, like getting, being able to get this sort of rage out at the uh, middle America at, at the sort of Trump voter type character, you know, and you can just beat the tar out of them. And uh, connecting with that sense of like anger, and and that that was a big theme to me of the movie was was mm-hmm. like just raw rage, and I, I to me that wasn't interesting 
or insightful or helpful. I didn't like it. I didn't think it was funny. I, did, mm. I thought it was very upsetting at times when character, like there's a point where a character is uh, is thrown out of a window and beat to a bloody pulp for no reason. He hasn't done anything. And I didn't understand why that was funny or insightful or dramatic or I didn't like it. I didn't like the ending. I didn't think it was earned. I didn't think it worked. Mm. I, I didn't like the fact that the Francis McDormand character is like assaulting teenagers for, I just, mm. I guess, doesn't like them. I didn't think that was funny. Didn't like it. I don't know. It just didn't work for me. I didn't think it was good. And I, but you know, these kind of dark comedies just typically aren't my thing. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that's part of it. Um, but mm. anyway, I didn't like it. That's interesting. I also don't like it, but I think in some ways we agree on the reasons why and in others we don't. Mm. Um, the question of this being an angry movie and being a cathartic movie is, the, is definitely a part that I don't fully understand because if I'm being honest, I am one of those people who's very angry about a lot of this stuff, mm. but I feel like this movie doesn't really give you a thoughtful catharsis about that because you think like the premise of the movie is this angry woman who wants revenge but the movie isn't really about her after a point i feel like it totally gives over to the sam rockwell character who plays this cop and sort of like his personal Mm -hmm. redemption from a like a sort of like a bigoted bully into a more um a person who wants to be redeemed or whatever and and i don't feel that the movie truly earns all of that because I feel it's a movie that wants to be shocking in a lot of ways and wants to be complicated in a lot of ways. It wants to be morally ambiguous, but it doesn't. So it just piles on all these things that happen and all these characters doing terrible things just so that we feel conflicted about rooting for any of them without really thinking about the characters themselves. Um, You know, um, I feel like there are so many moments when characters do things and you have, like, you talk about the bloody window. I mean, the guy who gets thrown out the window and whatever, and you don't really get why people are doing the things that they're doing, except that the script requires them to do them. So I think it's it's a movie that I think, in theory, I might have gone behind it if it was better made. Like, if the script had been more interesting and thoughtful and truly thought about who these characters were. Yeah. And, and it was interested in something else rather than just being shocking and, and starting a conversation that it doesn't really start because, yeah. yeah. And there's so many characters, all the, other than even the Frances McDormand character, all the female characters feel like they're just being used to move the plot forward none of them really feel like they have that much personality or thought to them especially like the other there's two dumb blonde characters in the movie um and i feel like that's just indicative of how these characters operate and after a while the francis mcdormand character doesn't even isn't even the focus of the movie anymore and you have also the black characters feel the same way with not much personality and just there to complicate things. So yeah, very frustrating movie. I am. Yeah. I am disappointed that it's getting so much love from critics and from awards bodies, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. I have it at 111. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's pretty low. And I think it's appropriate. (laughs) There you go. Okay. So let's start. Let's talk real quick about these different categories um yeah. uh so director we have um christopher nolan Everdunker, jordan peel 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 um yeah. for get out greta gerwig lady bird paul thomas anderson phantom thread gilmore del toro for the shape of water yes so your overall thoughts my overall thoughts is um i think that this director lineup it's probably my favorite category of the year in terms of the people who got nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, I was expecting Michael McDonough from Three Billboards to get nominated. The fact that he didn't um, yeah. uh, makes me, it relieves me because I feel like his direction is so sloppy and so ineffective that I'm happy that he didn't make it. That also means that Three Billboards might not win the Best Picture Award now that he's not nominated for directing. Usually you need to be nominated in both to win. 
Mm-hmm. So that makes me happy. I'm also happy that Paul Thomas Anderson made it in because I think Phantom yeah. Thread is such a uh, interesting movie and not necessarily the kind of movie that gets nominated for Oscars just in terms of how weird and sort of strange it is in so many ways. Obviously, I'm happy for Greta Gerwig and Jordan Peele. Um, I love the fact that we have women and uh, Black nominees. Mm-hmm. Um, Nolan and Del Toro, I understand when they're there. They're not my favorites, but you know what? Um, people love their movies, and there's a lot to like in them. So I'm I'm fine with this category. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's a strong category, and uh, very excited about Jordan Peele. That was a surprise. I I would I was not expecting him to get nominated so that was cool um okay so uh actor in a leading role timothy chalamet call me by your name daniel day lewis phantom thread uh, daniel kalua get out gary oldman darkest hour and denzel washington uh, for roman j israel esquire and uh, i think the big surprise here is at least for me was daniel kalua which i'm thrilled about because i think he was very good yes in the role uh, that it was quite yes. absolutely I think he's my favorite in the category and I'm excited that he got nominated because you know it's a performance in a sort of movie that they don't nominate and it's a performance that doesn't get nominated in so many ways I, right. young actors usually don't get a lot of attention um, horror movies don't get a lot of attention mm-hmm. um, unknown basically actors he was not a famous star before the movie came out so I'm really happy for him. Yeah, me too. I'm also happy for Timothy since uh, young actors, he's the third youngest actor to be nominated in this category ever. And um, yeah, so it's good that the Academy is looking for diversity and different, not just in, you know, in every way possible, looking at younger actors and, you know, different races, different gen- uh, genders. It's cool. Um, I think the... Sorry, I think the elephant in the room is uh, no James Franco, who was getting a lot of buzz for Disaster Artist until he got one of these, he was outed as one of these sexual harassers or he got Mm -hmm. a scandal in the papers and it seems like it it came just at the right time for him to not get nominated. So that's interesting, I think. I think that he deserved it. I, you know, I'm not saying he's a good person, but I do think his performance was 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 really good i i liked it um so yeah. i would have i would have picked him uh yeah. and um the uh yeah it's a good i mean i think gary oldman seems like a lock uh it's not who i would pick but yeah me either go. um okay so actress in a leading role <clears throat> we have sally hawkins shape of water francis mcdormand three billboards margot robbie for i Tanya, Cersei Ronan, Lady Bird, Meryl Streep, The Post. Um, pretty, I think, pretty good list. Uh, I didn't love Itania. I had issues with it, um, but she was good. Same here in Itania. Um, I do think she was good. Even Frances McDormand in a movie that I don't really like. I do love her in general. Um, so I can't complain with this category. These five... Uh, women seemed like they were going to be the nominees and they ended up being the nominees. So right. not a lot of surprises there, but I think that's well-deserved. It's a good lineup. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree. I think Francis <coughs> McDormand is probably going to win at this point. And I want to say, not my favorite performance of hers. I think she did a much better sort of angry woman role in the HBO miniseries Olive Kidridge which I think is the best performance she has ever done and one of the best performances I have ever seen anyone do. So if you have an HBO subscription and you get a couple hours to kill mm-hmm. Olive Kittredge and HBO, it's, cool. it's an amazing miniseries and Frances McDormand is incredible and it, I recommend it to everyone. She's so, I love Frances McDormand. I actually, I mean, I love Fargo. I think that she's one of the, my favorite characters. Yes, I she's love great in her. it. But actually, I also really like her for something totally different in the children's movie called Madeline. She's so oh. funny as the, uh, as the headmistress. She's great. Uh, anyway. Oh, that's great. I've never seen this. Yeah, but I bet cute. she's great. Yeah, it's really cute. Okay, uh, so actor in a supporting role is William Defoe in The Florida Project, Woody Harrelson in Three Billboards, Richard Jenkins, The Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer in All the Money in the World, Sam Rockwell in Three Billboards. So 
<clears throat> I I think that this is fine group of nominees. Uh, I don't think I would pick and I haven't seen Florida Project, uh, but I wouldn't pick any of them <laughs> for this category if it was just me. But mm-hmm. uh um but uh and I haven't seen The Shape of Water. So I guess I haven't seen two out of out of these movies. So but um I mean I think Christopher Plummer was great. Um and he was definitely the best part about the movie. Uh but um I wouldn't pick it as much as I love him. Yeah, I think this is a total snooze fest. This category is my <laughs> least favorite of of the lineups. I do love Willem Dafoe. I would be incredibly happy if he manages to get nominated, but it seems unlikely since the Florida Project this is its only nomination. I was expecting <laughs> it to show up in Best Picture or something else, and I'm a little sad it didn't because I love that movie. Mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe's great, but the other nominees, give me a break. All these <laughs> folks are just like phoning it in. Christopher Plummer, I think, I mean, kudos to him for doing it in such a short, you know, time period, redoing the whole movie. But come on, that performance, I could have, like, emailed that performance. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I love Christopher Plummer, but yeah, agreed, agreed. I mean, he's the best part of the movie, though, I think. Yeah, it's a bad movie. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. It was too boring for me. I'm okay. Uh, actress in a supporting role, we have uh, Mary J. Blige, Mudbound, Allison Janney, Itania, Leslie Manville, Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf, Lady Bird, and Octavia Spencer for The Shape of Water. The only one of these that was, I guess, I, I, I felt like I hadn't heard buzz on was uh, was our Octavia Spencer. That surprised me. Hmm. Um, yeah, um, I think I'm not too surprised because Shape of Water did so well and got nominated everywhere basically um but her role uh doesn't have much to it um she's just basically like the best friend character and you know octavia spencer is a great actress but it's kind of weird that she um it's kind of frustrating i guess that she keeps getting these roles for that don't have that much to them and she's gotten nominated for a couple of them already i feel like hidden figures she's got a couple great moments in it but right I don't know. I wish they would give her some more stuff to do. Like this lady is such a great actor. She could play something else than just like a maid or, you know, a janitor. Yeah. This, uh, the, I'm tired of seeing her as this, like the sassy black lady. Like, yeah. From the sixties. She's yeah. been nominated for three sixties movies already. Yeah. Come That's on, funny. bring the woman to the 21st <laughs> century. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Snowpiercer was a nice, nice, uh, at least that she got to do something different. Yeah, absolutely. I think she's great in that movie. Yeah. More like more of that, please. Right, right. Um, I, I, I think Allison Janney will probably win, which is fine. Uh, and I have to say, I'm kind of excited because then both the parents and Juno will be Oscar winners. Because <laughs> I love Yeah, I mean, you know, so this is the, sorry, this is the tragedy of this year for me is that I love Allison Janney usually. But this year is forcing me to root against her just because I love Laurie Metcalf's performance so much yeah. more. And as in Jenny and Itania, I feel like it's not that great of a performance. It's, I feel like it's kind of a one-note character. She's so cartoony and whatever, whereas Metcalf is really bringing all of the layers and all of the everything. We've seen She's that like t- toxic mother so many times, I feel like that it's not that interesting to me, whereas the Laurie Metcalf character, I completely agree, is uh is a very uh layered character an interesting character has all these sides Mm -hmm. to her so i agree okay so the writing original screenplay is the big sick which i is so sad that movie deserved i think more than it than it got um but the big sick get out lady bird the shape of water and three billboards um this is a pretty i think um it's a solid list. Um, it's kind of the movies that I expected to get nominated. Yeah. Um, it's a good lineup, I guess. I'm a little surprised that Phantom Thread didn't get in just because it did so well in the other categories. I would have expected it to show up here. Um, yeah. But other than that, I think this is pretty solid. I uh, will be rooting for Get Out and Lady Bird to mm-hmm. pull the win. Um, the Big Sick would be a nice story, but I feel like it's not likely to get it since this is its only nomination. So yeah. I'm really going to pull for the other two to crack it. I mean, I would be so excited about The Big Sick because I do think it's the best 
screenplay of the year but uh but yeah i agree that it's uh it's not likely to win but oh well um so writing adapted screenplay of call me by your name uh the disaster artist logan molly's game and mudbound uh so i haven't seen a bunch uh of i haven't seen three out of five of these movies <laughs> um, but logan that's pretty significant that it got nominated as a as a, a genre that typically isn't recognized at all except for visual effects um so that's cool and i i i really liked the disaster artist i thought it was really good uh and call me Bring your name is is good uh so mm-hmm. yeah. i'd recommend mudbound i think mudbound is great and i'm happy to see it got a, a couple nominations mm. um i haven't seen molly's game uh logan weird right <laughs> that a, like a superhero comic book sort of movie got yeah. nominated in writing i wouldn't have expected logan to be the first movie to crack that um yeah. i don't know i guess it was a, th- a thin category this year and they had to fill it out somehow <laughs> i yeah i'm not the biggest logan fan i know a lot of people love the movie but um yeah i don't know strange it's it yeah. seems weird to me that logan is an oscar nominee and wonder woman didn't get anything I know. Um, yeah. I'm kind of glad in a way because you have all these people who would immediately be like, oh, it's so overrated. Wonder Woman, blah, blah, blah. And I, sure. I don't know. Well, I didn't expect it to get into Best Picture or anything, but I, I thought that certainly some of this technical awards, like yeah. sound or costume, something like that, it could have right. done. Um, yeah. I was surprised it didn't get anything. Yeah, because I loved it. It's, it was very special to me. So, um, okay, so cinematography, you have Blade Runner 2049, Roger Deakins, the forever loser. Hopefully, you mm-hmm. might change that. But um, Darkest Hour, uh, Dunkirk, uh, Mudbound, and The Shape of Water. And mm-hmm. uh, I haven't seen uh, two of these, um, but I think that their Blade Runner 2049, despite flaws, is beautiful cinematography and uh and yeah dark sour we already talked about have good cinematography dunkirk also great cinematography so i have mm-hmm. no complaints um i'm really happy this is my favorite nomination probably of the of the year rachel morrison who did the cinematography for Mudbound uh-huh. and is the first woman cinematographer to ever get nominated for the oscars that's cool. so it, and i think that's very well deserved because the movie is beautiful and yeah if i were a voter i would probably vote for it just because the cinematography is so great i was surprised that the shape of water got nominated for this because i hadn't heard anything about its cinematography but oh really i think it's got a shot to win i mean talking about roger deakins who's been nominated i don't think 10 11 times i don't know and never won this seemed like it might be his year but i think dunkirk and shape of water are gonna give it a run for its money because mm-hmm. you know yeah blade runner we'll see interesting um okay uh so uh costume design we have beauty and the beast uh darkest hour it's so funny the in the costume design there's like three four women who've won like like 90 percent mm-hmm. like colleen atwood jacqueline duran like there's like it's just kind of funny uh they rule the roost uh, but uh um yeah. she has jacqueline duran who's yeah double nominee this double. year um yeah it's a it's an ex- exclusive club uh but mm-hmm. uh uh, Phantom Thread, Mark Bridges, uh, The Shape of Water, and uh, Victoria and Abdul. I mm-hmm. I feel like the there is a snub. I mean, yeah, I, I would have liked to see Wonder Woman, but I do think that the Beguiled deserved a nomination here. Those costumes were beautiful. Yeah, um, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, I don't know how close it got. I'm a little surprised with this list because usually the costume designers they tend to go for big costumes and they're not afraid of going for movies that are not up for best picture. So mm-hmm. the Beguiled seemed like a possibility, the greatest showman or something like, I don't know, Itania, Wonder Woman all seemed like possibilities to me. Mm-hmm. And they ended up with things like Darkest Hour and Shape of Water, which have fine costumes, but I don't think they're as flashy as this category usually gets. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And I do think that Phantom Thread, this is a lock. <laughs> yeah and i yeah um and okay. i sorry and i do sorry. think that i'm a, still a little better that beauty and the beast gets nominated for costume design because all those costumes already existed in the animated movie <laughs> yeah. it was just a matter of recreating them yeah and we're like re- recreating them worse 
Yeah. The yellow dress was way worse than in the movie. Uh, Agreed. Um, Okay. So film editing. uh, We have Baby Driver, Dunkirk, Itania, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards. Uh, I think it's a good list. Uh, I, I think that if it was, in my opinion, I would give this to Baby Driver. I think it was really well edited. But um, yeah, I'm not crazy about the editing in any of these movies. I think it's uh, kind of cool though, and a little strange that Itania got nominated here. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing it's because of all the ice skating <laughs> and double, you know, like oh, stunt yeah. work that's in the movie that it got in. Um, so that's interesting, I guess. I mean, I didn't love Baby Driver like everybody else, but I did think it was very well edited, personally. So, um, but yeah, uh, it. I think that probably this will be one that Dunkirk will take home. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay, so makeup, hairstyle. This is another weird... We have The Darkest Hour, Victorian Abdul, and Wonder. Um, yeah. And um, uh, so, yeah. Looks like Darkest Hour is going to win it in a, in a cakewalk. Yeah. Um. Have you seen Victoria and Abdul? Yeah, I was not a fan. Yeah, are the, is the costume good? I mean, the makeup. I I don't know. I mean, it's just like <laughs> it's just like period makeup. I wasn't blown away by the makeup, but okay. Yeah, it's pro- it's probably good in because of the hairstyling. It's really yeah. some hairstyling stuff in there. The hairstyling was pretty good, pretty good. So, um, right. so music uh, we have uh, Dunkirk as Hans Zimmer. Phantom Thread, Johnny Greenwood, The Shape of Water, Alexander Desplat, Star Wars, Last Jedi, John Williams, Three Billboards, uh, is Carter Burwell. So pretty mm. good list. It was a good year for uh, for scores in general. Uh, I I thought I, I really liked the score for uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, my, Michael Giacchino, and I also really liked the Coco score. Um, mm. I don't know. So, but it's a good list. It was a very competitive category. Yeah, I'm very happy Johnny Greenwood got nominated for Phantom Thread. Not just because Phantom Thread is, has such a great score, but because he's done some really great work in the past. There Will Be Blood and The Master, both great yeah. scores that didn't get nominated. So it's happy to see him finally get in. Um, I'm surprised that Call Me By Your Name was not nominated. I thought that was beautiful um, music. Yeah, but I think it's because the music wasn't written for the film. They're all classical oh. pieces, so oh. that's why it was not eligible. Yeah, but it's a, it's. I mean, the music is amazing in that movie, but of course, couldn't get it for original score. Okay, I didn't realize that. All yeah. right, uh, yeah. So then we have music original song. We have Mighty River from Mudbound, The Mystery of Love from Call Me by Your Name, Remember Me from Coco, Stand Up for Something from Marshall, and This Is Me from The Greatest Showman. Uh, so I that Marshall one came out of. I didn't expect that. I, I never heard of that. Um, yeah. Yeah, um, me either. Um, but it's written by Diane Warren, who gets nominated a lot in this category. So I'm not that surprised. So I, I think that, uh, that Remember Me is the best. And I loved it. And I thought it was so good. And uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I think it has a good chance of winning. Uh, and uh that would be another Oscar for the Lopez's. That'd be pretty exciting. I am very excited about Mystery of Love. Mm-hmm. Suvian Stevens is an artist who I really like. His music is very lovely. And I think it's cool that he's an Oscar nominee now. Yeah. I do think Remember Me has the best shot of winning the Oscar. Mm-hmm. Although, look out for here, because here I come, The Greatest Showman, This Is Me. <laughs> the Greatest Showman is making bank. And... Yeah. This is me, you know, written by the guys from La La Land. So we know they like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, <laughs> the, I think people will be upset if The Greatest Showman wins this song. Not in Utah. They won't be upset. They will be very excited here. I guarantee you. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> people love this movie here. I, I knew that they would. As soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, man, this movie's going to be a huge hit here. And it was, and people love it. So, and yeah. I love it. I actually really do like it. I, I, I know it has its flaws, but I think it's entertaining. So there you go. Um, anyway, all right. So production design, we have Beauty and the Beast, Blade Runner 2049, uh, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, and The Shape of Water. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty solid list, I guess. And 
so yeah i mean i wouldn't have put beauty and the beast but it was good i guess production design um blade runner 2049 would probably be the one out of these that i would pick because it was beautiful like it looked really cool yeah i'm also don't have a lot to say about this category um yeah. i agree with beauty and the beast um not a huge fan of those sets also just a recreation of the cartoon version right um okay so sound mixing we have baby driver uh blade runner 2049 dunkirk the shape of water and star wars the last jedi it's a good list i i would probably if it's just as far as the one i think is the best i would pick star wars the last jedi for sound mixing um, but uh, but I think Dunkirk will probably win, and it's good. It deserves. Yeah, it. I I agree with the Dunkirk part. I think this sound mixing and sound editing, I think, go in both Dunkirk. And it's also interesting that we have the exact same lineup in sound mixing and sound editing oh, yeah. because it's the first time that that's ever happened. It usually <laughs> has at least a couple of different nominees. Yeah, there's usually some wonky wonky one in sound editing or mixing. Yeah. Uh, uh, like last year with 13 hours in mm-hmm. um but uh or a lot of times like a transformers movie or something really weird we'll get in there but uh but yeah i mean i i think that baby driver is the best sound editing and that that the way they i thought it was really well done as far as the editing but i think the dunkirk will probably win yeah um so visual effects we have blade runner 2049 guardians of the galaxy volume 2 kong skull island Star Wars, The Last Jedi, and War for the Planet of the Apes. And I really think that this will be a franchise win for the War for the Planet of the Apes. I, huh. I think that the visual effects are so good in that. And it's really just been groundbreaking what it has accomplished. And um, I don't know. I, I think that none of the movies have won for visual effects, despite them being pretty amazing. Hmm. Uh, and I really think that it will win. That's interesting. I have a couple of theories about this category. The first one is that I think a couple of years ago, Ex Machina won for Best Visual Effects. Mm-hmm. And people were shocked because, you know, it's a movie. Uh, I mean, there was this robot character who was created with computers, but everything else in the movie, there weren't a lot of visual effects in it. Mm-hmm. And I think this category, the people who voted in it, the visual effects artists, sort of saw that and decided to make it very known that they don't want movies like that to get rewarded. Mm. Uh, they want movies with a lot of visual effects to be the nominees. And that's why we have Kong Skull Island and Guardians of the Galaxy over things like The Shape of Water, which is nominated everywhere, mm. um, because, but it has very few visual effects. And it was expected to get nominated for visual effects, but it didn't. Same for Dunkirk, which has a lot of practical effects, but not a lot of computer <laughs> effects. Yeah. And that sort of thing. Um, so that's why we have Kong Skull Island as an Academy Award nominee. Right. Um, so that's my first theory. I mean, and I think that's interesting that they're reacting in that way. Mm. That they want... I mean, they're the ones who know how visual effects work. So yeah. I guess if they feel like movies with most visual effects are the ones that should be rewarded, then I guess it's up to them. I mean, I didn't like Kong Skull Island at all. but I, But I did think Kong looked pretty good. I mean... It's pretty like if you're just because you're not voting on the best movie you're just voting on the visual effects and it had pretty good visual effects yeah i guess my struggle is that i feel like we've come to a point where all these visual effects look the quality of them looks pretty it's uniform to me like i feel like this visual effects in kong and guardians and whatever else they all look just fine i feel like in the past we had this category we used to uh, reward sort of like achievements or groundbreaking stuff, like things that we hadn't seen before. And I feel, you know, like when Jurassic Park first came out or something like something really impressive, like Death Becomes Her, one visual effects because of that scene in which Meryl's head goes all the way around her head and things like that. And now we have so many visual effects and so many computers that it just, I don't know, it's kind of overwhelming and it feels kind of redundant to give out this award to me. Well, the, the only movie that was like that this year was Valerian and the fact it didn't get nominated is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, Valerian and I would say Okja as well, which has an amazing uh, CGI character. Yeah. Um, 
And also, sorry, and my second theory is that I think that War for the Planet of the Apes is absolutely not going to win this category. I think this is going to go to Blade Runner 2049 easily because it's the only, it's the one that's nominated across the board. And, you know, um, and two Planet of the Apes movies have been nominated before. Twice people thought that they were going to win and they lost to movies that were nominated in other categories. Um, mm. Interstellar and Hugo. So I think it's going to be the same thing again. Interesting. We'll see. I, we'll see what they, happens. They love in the Oscars, though, to give sort of franchise. We're, we're, we're rewarding the whole franchise, kind of Lord of the Ringsy kind of a thing, like for your accomplishment, your achievement. Uh, so that's, that's my I guess th- so. That's my yeah, thing. I guess we'll see. Yeah. Um, okay, so animated feature. We have The Boss Baby. Breadwinner, the breadwinner, Coco, Ferdinand, and Loving Vincent. And uh, everybody knows my feelings on the boss baby. I just, I, I don't understand it. I don't like it. It didn't work for me. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't like it. There you go. Um, but the breadwinner, I love. Coco, I love. It was my favorite movie of the year last year. I loved it. Um, Ferdinand is sweet and f- cute it was fine um and then uh loving vincent i didn't really like even though it was an artistic achievement so i don't have a problem with it being nominated but the story didn't work for me i didn't uh i don't know i i didn't like it uh in the end unfortunately but there you go um so i yeah i think that coco will win i would be shocked if uh something did but it might be just a just to pick on me the boss baby would <laughs> win um but anyway yeah um i'm happy that you saved this kind of for the end because this is where all your followers are gonna turn against me when i say that i absolutely love the buzz baby and it's the it's my second favorite movie in this category yes i like it better than coco and if i had a ballot though i would vote for the breadwinner i think that movie is really great and we talked about it in this podcast so people can listen to that conversation um if the breadwinner were to win i would be thrilled that would would be be amazing so exciting but but it has not a chance in no anywhere coco's gonna take this also like one of the foregone conclusions i think just no way something else wins agreed um okay (laughs) um so uh foreign language film we have fantastic woman the insult loveless on body and soul and the square i have not seen any of these so i don't really have an opinion i have only seen the square which i thought wouldn't get nominated despite having a lot of people talking about it because it's such an awkward black comedy sort of movie it's very cringy um i'm not the hugest fan of that movie i feel like it's kind of a pointless movie in some ways this is just Um, a comedy no, it's a dark comedy about sort of this guy in Sweden who is like an art director at a museum. And so it's kind of a story about like the hypocrisy of, of the art world and sort of Europe's, uh, the way the art world and Europe in general looks at like the world, the problems of the world, kind mm-hmm. of. So it's kind of a satire, I guess, in that way. Um I don't know. Not I. Don't, I. Don't, I feel like I get where it's coming from, but it doesn't fully get to the most interesting places. Um, I am excited for a fantastic woman. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm really excited to see it. It's a movie from Chile um, by a director Sebastian Lelio, who um, made a movie called Gloria a couple of years ago, which is great, and uh, it's going to be remade with Julianne Moore this year. And this is. Uh, his new movie, Fantastic Woman. I think it's coming out pretty okay. soon. I, I just wish that the Academy would be more open to um, anime. Like, they just, unless it's Studio Ghibli, they won't nominate either for animation or for, you know, like a foreign film or, or for whatever. They just, they just don't, I don't know. They just don't like, no matter how strong the movies are, whether it's Your Name or The Asylum, uh, Asylum Voice, uh, they just won't, mm. won't nominate them unless it's Studio Ghibli, which is frustrating to me. Um, They're a foreign film, just like anything else. Why couldn't they be considered? Um, Um, I think some of it depends on, I think in the foreign film category, each country submits one uh, movie. And um, so if they're not submitted by Japan, then they can't compete in foreign Mm -hmm. language. 
and I don't, and I think okay. they've submitted some anime in the past, but they've never get nominated. Yeah. Um, same in the animation. In the animation category, you can submit whatever movie you want as long as it's animated. Yeah. Yeah, and that anime has a pretty shoddy track record in that category. Yeah, it's frustrating to me. Fair enough. Okay, so uh, last category we're talking about is documentary feature. We have Abacus, small enough to to jail. Faces Places, Icarus, The Last Men in uh, Aleppo, and Strong Island. Of course, I am very, very furious that Stapp didn't even make the short list. Ridiculous. One of the most, it won the Inspiration Prize at, at Sundance last year. One of the most well-reviewed movies of 2017. Has like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's a great movie. It's an inspirational movie. It's about these you know black girls in baltimore and them actually like like you know getting to college and and the community it's like a positive movie about community and about uh, i just so frustrated to me that it it didn't even make the short list i mean ridiculous um but i am excited i'm going to see faces places this week it's coming to the tower theater in utah so i'm very excited that's cool. Um, Faces Places is one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. It's a very sweet, sort of fun uh, and touching movie. Um, I'm very happy that it got nominated. I am happy that it seems like it has a shot at the win. I haven't seen most of these nominees. The only other one that I've seen is Icarus, which is available on Netflix. And uh, it's about the sort of like the Olympics Russian doping scandal that Russia was kind of encouraging its athletes to dope and then changing the lab results so they could still compete at the Olympics. Um, So it's a timely movie because uh, Russia has now been banned from the Olympics twice in a row because of this. Uh, It's not a very good movie though. It's kind of, I don't know. I feel about documentary that if I can get the same experience from watching the documentary by reading an article on the newspaper, Um, then I'm not that interested in it. I agree with that's you. That's what Icarus, Icarus sorry, feels to me. Faces well, Texas, on the other hand. I'm kissing my fingers uh, with this chef. Excuse me. <coughs> well, the Academy loves nominating, and the documentary branch is notoriously lame. And the they 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 tend to refuse to nominate uh movies that are bold and different and in favor of movies that are sort of talking heads or about issues about some, yes. yeah some subject and uh i mean it just it's again and again whether it's hoop dreams or uh they you know so, so many great uh gates of heaven so many great mm-hmm. documentaries that were never nominated i mean i think errol morris has only been nominated once which is ridiculous and uh, so it's it's frustrating to me and Um, yeah yeah. though that the they've done a lot to change that i have to say like that's the thing like you say that in back in the 80s 90s uh it happened a lot it was very frustrating but it seems like they've done quite a bit to change those rules faces places is definitely not the sort of nominee that they would have had in the past and from what I understand, even though I haven't seen it yet, Strong Island, which is one of this year's nominees, is also very unique and mm-hmm. unlike, you know, your typical talking head documentary. Yeah. And some of the least. nominees lately have been more, uh, you know, daring and interesting. At least the Al Gore one didn't get nominated. That would have really, I mean, he yeah. already won yeah, once. He already got one, so. Yeah, he already got one once for standing in front of a PowerPoint for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So there you go. That is all the features. We didn't talk about any of the shorts, but uh, um, that is everything. That's all the categories. So it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting group of movies. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm not looking forward to the actual broadcast. I think it's going to be super annoying. Um, so I'll probably just watch and, and fast forward. <laughs> probably just huh. DVR in the fast forward um, because I don't need uh, to be lectured to by Hollywood. So um, anyway, it'll but it'll be very uh, interesting to see who wins, and uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to uh, you definitely follow us on Twitter and other things. You'll hear our, our responses, reactions uh, to that. Um, so thanks so much for joining me to talk about. The- Absolutely, it was a pleasure to be here as always. Oh, well, thanks. And so, where can people find you? 
Um, people can find me on Twitter, uh, Coco Hits New York. You can also read my blog, which is CocoHitsNewYork.wordpress.com. Um, and before I go, I got to say, when the sharpest words want to cut me down, I'm going to send the flood, going to drown them out. I'm going to send the flood, going to drown them out. Oh, this is me. <laughs> very good. I'm very moved. I'm touched. Okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, you can find me at Smelling LDS Girl on social media and at 54 Disney Reviews on my blog. Uh, and um, so, and you can subscribe to Rachel's reviews on iTunes and on YouTube. So check that out. And uh, thanks again. And we will, uh, it'll be fun to see what, what happens. And we'll have to talk again um, soon about it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay.